The interior of Lave Station is a chaotic affair. Uh, more chaotic than normal. Fires have broken out just about everywhere in the station. In the background, you can hear the odd detonation as someone's private stash of Lavian brandy goes off like a miniature supernova. Ship after ship arrives, dumping heat sinks which clang unceremoniously off the walls of the docking bay. On the pads, you see scores of people run for the boarding ladders, carrying nothing but the clothes on their back. And, of course, risking life and limb by bringing a bottle or two for the rescue crews. Firefighters throughout the station have their work cut out, keeping the fires well away from the main commodity store warehouses. They know what would happen if a stray spark was to make its way in there. The Hutton radio team are aboard one of the rescue ships this evening. Watching coolants only marginally warmer than the cold of deep space, dousing any flames that get too near. Of course, Lou has popped open a bag of marshmallows and is attempting to toast them out of the side of the cargo hatch. And the apology officer appears to have brought a bag of Dizomar corn to munch on while watching things. As the latest refugees finish boarding, the ship takes off and heads for the dark black of the docking slot, being jarred by explosions from one side. After what feels like an age, the rescue Type 9 scrapes its way out past the toast rack and toward the waiting rescue carrier as the shipboard speaker crackles to life and says, Our mics are live from Lave. It's uh, a bit hot in here, isn't it? Harry, what are you doing? Just topping up my tan. Um, you do realise that wasn't lotion you were applying there. Well, what was it then? That's Cecil Brandy. You've developed a rather, um, tangerine glow there. It's very 21st century presidential looking. Look, just put some clothes on. I'm not sure a serious news programme is supposed to be presented in a pair of budgie smugglers and a straw hat. I'm covering the naughty bits. Yeah, only barely. And from what we can tell from the rest of you, you ought to cover that too. Um, <clears throat> right. Um, whilst he puts some clothes on and gets in the, the chemical shower to remove the brandy stains, let's get on with the headlines. Be brave for Lave. It's a full orange alert. Hotbox enters planned expansion. We go through the octagonal wall glass with Chester. Little ship, big ship, SRV. Gunfight at the Ojai Corral. Oh, that is shocking, by the way. Atrus 5060 is double-checking for painful Thargoids. Just in case everyone's not doing something else, we've got news from Hutton Space. And I'll, I've been keeping an eye on you just in case you've been naughty. This is an all-pilots bulletin. We have an emergency. 
As a famous person once said, they're playing our tune, the Awooga Waltz. Never let it be said that terror is the exclusive province of Tharg the Mighty and its ever-so-mighty hyperdiction machine. Its place as the most dangerous threat in the galaxy has most definitely been replaced by a new one. Yes, humanity's done a number on itself once again. Then, attacked. The Alliance, Federation and Empire have been on the receiving end of this, but there's one location that's mystified everyone. Lave, the dusty old relic not far from Hutton Space. Home of our sister station, Lave Radio, and location for the purchase of one of the galaxy's tastier rare alcohols has been set on fire. In itself, that wouldn't be too worrying. But Lavian brandy and the casks that it's stored in is one of the more highly volatile and explosive substances known to humanity. And there is a sincere risk that should the fire reach the storage tanks, then it would make a supernova look like a Christmas cracker. Operation Orange Peel has been launched by Hutton today. Its mission, to rescue as many of the 25 billion inhabitants of the system as we can, or at least the ones based at Lave Station. Intarius Fusion, Maestro of the Hutton Helper, has pushed out an up update to the HH, as we call it, tracking the rescue efforts. Lavians, please form an orderly queue near the docking pads. Leave your belongings behind. And yes, that does mean all 15 volumes of Station Commander Stroud's latest sci-fi epic. A bottle of Lavian brandy for the rescue teams would, however, be much appreciated. Meanwhile, our investigators have been dispatched to the system and others attacked by the terrorists to work out exactly how this was perpetrated and who did the perpetration. Due to the permit lock nature of many of the stations attacked, we can currently describe the person that is being hunted as an admiral, king, Wiccan teetotaler with a penchant for setting fire to things, and who clearly obtained a D-grade in their galactic certificate of secondary education in paying attention to where the Alliance is on the big map. According to slogans scrawled across the station, down to the Alliance seems to be about the limit of their vocabulary. And taking into account the number of extra apostrophes and grammatical errors in that three-word phrase, it's likely the person who did this has either been at the onion head or was brought up on a generation ship and subject to a few hundred years of inbreeding. May we remind everyone listening, just in case you're thinking of doing something bad, that Lave is an independent system and hasn't been important for an awfully long time. As for how they gained access to the permit lock systems, it's clear that the local border security's policy of making people fill out a form that asks such basic questions as, are you a terrorist? is clearly not going to screen out bad people. Oh, and footage obtained from the border checkpoints has indicated that they're too busy sniggering at the things they see on the body scanners and not paying enough attention to the hand luggage full of Thargoid tech incendiary devices they've got with them. Security has been increased at Hutton's gin distillery in case the attack on Lave and the Lavian brandy was a deliberate attempt by militant teetotalers and prohibitionists to rob space pilots of their daily tot. 
As a former hot boss, Commander Venezia is ever conscious of the need to swell Hotbox's ranks. He seems to have taken that extremely literally this week, as he's announced that following an extremely long wait for a respawn in his home station, Miss Venezia has accepted a multi-crew request, and her passenger compartment now has a VIP on board. Apparently, all of those hours shooting off rounds down at the range did not go to waste as he's managed to engineer the kind of expansion that is very much approved of, and the two Venezias are looking forward to seeing what role their newcomer will adopt, and being the apple of their eye will add a welcome pip to whichever one they choose. Of course, Commander Venezia is well known for his belief that there is no problem that cannot be fixed with a bigger gun, and he's hoping that the apple of his eye doesn't fall far from the tree and that their pending multi-crew member will eventually graduate from turreted to fixed weapons once they can actually reach the controls in their SLF without a booster cushion. We do not have information at this point as to the gender of the new crew member, but we're reliably informed that if you're buying clothes, that red, white and blue goes with everything. And as is the modern fashion in their small part of the globe, there will be a party to reveal that datum. There's been no hint as to when this might happen, but our best advice is to pay attention and look out for a community goal calling for cannons and ammunition to be delivered to Venezia's home station. The galaxy is full of mysteries. For instance, what's Ramtar actually doing all day? Why is Lave 2 locked? And of course, whatever happened to that random new Thargoid type that was seen just once and then vanished from the galaxy? This week, however, has seen a new mystery, or maybe just a twist in the tale of an existing one. It launching upon the galaxy, the Pilots' Federation's daily posts on Galtwit appear to have been intercepted and secret codes inserted into them. The word Hesperus, in ancient Morse code, appeared in the corner of one of the images and sent commanders into a flurry of activity, working out what it actually meant. Was it a reference to Greek language and legend, or to Venus and the Hesperides, or, as Hutton Bibliophiles guessed, something to do with a Longfellow? The ancient poem, The Wreck of the Hesperus, details a hapless vessel Foundering on rocks in a wintry storm, the captain's daughter lashed to the mast for her safety for fear of being swept overboard like the crew. Initial thoughts are that no one in their right mind would name a ship after a famous wreck, but given the Titanic 2 through 22 were launched and every one of them met a rather sad fate, there have been numerous Marie Celestes and, well, yeah, you get the idea. Yes, the Hesperus was the sister ship to the Adamaster the long-lost ghost ship that entered the Chuck Chan system in 3306. As luck would have it, local resident Benjamin Chester, founder of the mystery-solving machine that is Wall Glass Investigations, an all-round cravat-wearing, scooby-snack-munching, pipe-smoking PI, just happens to live in the system. Along with his colleagues Eric Gunnarsson, Viking of Valhaling, and Francesca Wolfe, with an E, she's quite forceful that people remember her E, he has put on his deerstalker, broken out his thinking pipe, and started quoting passages from Longfellow. Last night the moon had a golden ring, and tonight no moon we see. The skipper, he blew a whiff from his pipe, and a scornful laugh laughed he. 
Was it the Thargoids in which space with the green goo? Or the captain on the poop deck with a belaying pin? Detective Chester will get to the bottom of this sooner or later, at which point he's expected to call everyone into a room together and give us the denouement with a flourish. Whether he finds out exactly what the obsession with Morse code as a secret signal is, or why all these things appear on Galtwit before they do in the news, remains to be seen. Check parking officers of the galaxy, be on your guard. Commanders of the, in the Infernal Expedition finally managed to land an SRV on a fleet, fleet carrier this week during a stopover in Strio EOP ZP-NC-230. Bored, drunk and starved for attention, the commanders used an anaconda and a python to lift Commander Bruno in his SRV from planet A1 up in or into orbits using techniques familiar to many Hutton commanders. Once in orbit, a Taipan fighter and a sidewinder joined the efforts bringing some finesse to the manoeuvres. Between them, they nudged, dunted, pushed and cajoled the spinning SRV towards the waiting behemoth. Their first attempt resulted in an overshoot, but the support fleet soon recovered the flailing planetary vehicle and had it back on course. Eventually, Commander Bruno was wheeled down on the deck of the unsuspecting carrier and trundled around a bit before falling foul of the landing pad trespass lasers. He put this down to lack of attention as a side effect of the massive amounts of nausea suppressant medication he had taken. So we give heartfelt congratulations to Commander Bruno and the Infernal Expedition members. I'm not going to ask why, I know better, but why is it taking so long? We have had fleet carriers for ages now. Someone should have done this a long while back. So, what's next for fleet carriers? Can we expect Bouterstone foot races when walking around permits become available? Will ship surfing's surfing become a thing like old 20th century hobby of bus surfing? Will criminals be keyholed? Can I rent an allotment on a fleet carrier to grow brain trees? Only you can answer these questions. So give way to your inner madness. Let it grow and consume you. Yes, that's it. Now get out there and do stupid stuff in the name of Hutton. Uh, Alvin approves. We have breaking news on the capture of one of the frameshift bandits, the perpetrators of last week's heist at Dutch munitions facility. Whilst a trio from the pirate band were attacking the facility and stealing the power regulator, police authorities were hot on the heels of the rest of the gang. After a tip-off from a nearby Sidewinder production facility that three vessels were being targeted for theft, a special match set of white, red and blue rare editions and potentially used for a future robbery, forces set their ambush for Don Ned Benedetti. The Camori Don, an own associate of the dastardly Don Antonacci, was cornered in the station, though his accomplices escaped. His driver, Crowther, beat a hasty retreat and is currently on the run in supercruise, but Ned Benedetti attempted to cover his escape. Security forces stormed the ship showroom, only to find Ned Benedetti clad from head to foot in plates of Guardian Hall reinforcement plates an inch thick. 
He emerged from the back office firing off high explosive rounds and using his armor's built-in PA system to call the attending security team a shower of fannies at 200 decibels. Their energy weapons proved useless and they had to resort to heavy anti-tank rounds in order to subdue the rampaging Foeweegian. After an hour-long shootout involving mun- enough munitions to level a small city and certainly enough to reduce the Corvette Corral showroom to dust, Ned Benedetti gave himself up, mainly as he was a bit knackered and from wearing the over 100kg of full body armour with no ventilation and also because he was busting for a pish. He was taken to a high security compound and placed in the isolation wing pending his court hearing and probable incarceration. Gang leader Braben appears to have staged a daring escape on behalf of his team member though, with a full tanked up Type 7 smashing through the walls of the prison, picking up Benedetti and whisking him off to get another of the frameshift bandit's capers. Authorities have gone on record saying that, that now his face is well known throughout the galaxy, it's likely that the Braben will be making use of the Benedetti skills behind the scenes and it is very unlikely that we'll be seeing him attending a smashing grab anytime soon. Or at least not until the plastic surgery is complete and he's undergone a year or so of vocal training to disguise his natural Komori accent with something that sounds a little less like there are knuckles in the near future of any listener. Good evening, truckers. <clears throat> Excuse me, Atrus5060 here reporting some rather terrible news, which we thought was Thargoid related, but turned out actually not to be. Since I already sent out the memo to the Hutton leadership, they agreed that since I was already out in the field, I should do the report. So here we are. This morning at 0830 which is just after breakfast, Galactic Standard Time, stations in key systems of the Galactic Superpowers, as well as the home of our beloved Lave Radio, Lave Station, were attacked by what we first assumed were were Thargoids, dastardly rotters. The presence of the icky green goo and fire damage had all the classic hallmarks of a Thargoid assault. However, after thorough investigation and a few cups of tea, no presence of the bugs was found in any of the attack systems. It was later revealed that the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army, BOO, or as it's now known, Theta-7, has claimed responsibility for the deadly attacks. The stations attacked were, oh my goodness, I've got a list, hang on, Lave Station in Lave, Doors Hub in Akinar, Donaldson in Alioth, Dublin Citadel in Gateway, Harm Gateway in Nanamam, and it's like a small man, a really small man, Ito Orbital in Rhea, Lee King Jow in Seoul, Parkinson Dog in Neo Etensis, and Shajin Market in Kamadenu. Oh, it's hard to pronounce that one. The Pilots Federation have begun evacuation operations and sent rescue vehicles to the afflicted stations. That's nice of them, isn't it? But commanders have urged to assist this effort so that Operation Ida, or is it IDA, can begin their work repairing the stations once the evacuations are complete. Yay! This attack has abruptly ended the Galactic Conference, leaving the bubble in a state of uncertainty regarding our ongoing efforts in the Thargoid War. Good thing they haven't shown up in weeks, isn't it? We're happy to hear about the orders from Alvin and the launch of Operation Orange Pill. Good luck out there, truckers. 
for the mag. This public statement from Haxcom is for immediate release. Hello, I'm Commander Falco Took of the Hutton Anti-Xeno Command. Today we have multiple reports of stations attacked in historic systems across the bubble. Haxcom condemns these attacks and those who perpetrate such attacks. Haxwing's core mission is the defense of innocent lives in humanity's starports. Previously, the only threat to starports was Thargoid attacks, but with the rise of the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army and their access to Thargoid-based weaponry, we see that the threat list has expanded. I make this statement to the NMLA and any other groups or governments who would consider attacking starports and taking innocent lives. We will oppose you. Whether we agree with your ultimate goals or find your ideals reprehensive, we will oppose you. No goal, no matter how noble, is worth indiscriminate attacks on innocent lives. Haxcom will come to the defense of innocent lives anywhere. Hutton truckers are generally a live-and-let-live lot, but ask anyone who's been on the other side of a war with Hutton, and they will tell you that is a place you do not want to be. NMLA, stand down now. Attack no further stations or face the consequences. They will be harsh and final. End of Haxcom Public Statement I don't know what it is with the men. Such babies. Lou isn't here because he's scraped his knee and he refuses to come and play unless he gets just the right dinosaur sticking plaster. And Juan Kerr says he's caught some kind of throat infection. Despite promising that he keeps his remlock done up at all times when he leaves his home station and keeps trying to blame whatever buck left in his old chair. Personally, I think he's probably wolfed those chips down too fast and scratched his soft palate. Anyway, he did send in some notes, so we'll barely miss him at all. I mean, sorry, I mean, get well soon. I should have said get well soon. Um, overall, Hutton systems have settled down a little into a marginally more manageable state with four systems just below 40% and a fifth, Wolf 1481, which could need some attention to raise it up out of the low 30s. Seven systems are above 60%, but only LP532-81 is above 70%. Since we really only want to expand next from LHS340, let's get that one down a bit. Hutton has seen a rash of infrastructure failures over the week. Uh, the failure in Wolf 359 was relieved the next day, but two factions were immediately went into civil war tying up over 30% of system influence. Their infrastructure failure active at the time of last week's report in Weiss 0855-0714 took a while to clear, but it's now been resolved. A further failure in AVIC was quickly cleared by Sunday, only to have one immediately break out in Stein 2051, which is still active. An election in Bernard Star has just finished, which was tying up influence, so now it's a good time to get in there and raise Hutton's influence up to 50% to stop the constant squabbling amongst the minor factions. Um, the outbreak left by the pirates and Wolf 25 was quickly contained within a couple of days. After the building uh, anticipation of our expansion state, followed by a quick game of Where's Wally, Hutton have expanded into a new system. 
uh, T. Apalan, which isn't too hard to say. However, its principal starport, Feuchtistov Dock, has proven a little more of a mouthful in some circles. Alvin took a while mulling on this system. He gave it a good sniff and even a tentative lick and has finally started some tail wagging. So we're, we're having it. And we're not fake tistoffing. We lost both opening days of the entry war against LHS 2429, uh, General Incorporated. So get in there, perforate some hulls and show them that we mean to stay. In Narnia, there's a chance of a proper childhood liter literature mashup as pirates are attacking the system. Uh, have Prince Caspian's ancestors or the Tell Marines come back to reclaim the system as the prophecy foretold? Uh, not bloody likely. Commanders are asked to wade into the hive of scum and villainy, but to beware tickling, uh, ticking clocks and crocodiles uh, when exiting the wardrobe and mind the noob hammers at Yang. Out in Colonia, King Hanky and his clone army are keeping everything shipshape and Bristol fashion. Which shipshape, we aren't quite sure. Is it a T9 or a T10? Well, they look almost the same to me. Don't forget that we still need to leave Hotel Carcinari, where we seem both unable to either check out or leave, despite laying waste to the minibar and filling the shallow end of the swimming pool with television sets. Hutton were within hours of a war with the controlling player faction on Saturday, so let's get it done and get the hell out of there. Priorities this week are one, if you want to truck something, send water purifiers, HE suits and power generators to Stein 2051 or work missions in Wolf 1481. Two, if you want to shoot something, win the war against LHS 2429 in Apalan and kill pirates in Narnia. Three, we still need to exit Carson and Nari. So help any of the factions there except Hun. Here are some updates on community-led and community-organised events underway, or coming up soon. Eros Medlung's FGM Isfahan spent most of the week lazing around, spending an extra week in the same location. He tells us that he did a lot of exploration, trying to get his bottom stuck. Is that what he says? Harry, your handwriting is appalling. No, it's trying to get stuck at the bottom of the galaxy. Apparently, he reckons he's done a lot of mining this week. If she didn't have a mouthful of whatever it is she's testing for this week's Galnet Food Digest, Amelia would be shouting, Call that a lot! at the microphone right now. Eros tells us that by now his fleet carrier should have moved about nine to 10,000 light years north towards the bulge. You can keep up with this weekly waffle at youtube.com slash c slash A couple of reminders of events starting very soon. 
first Comfy Cannon cruise that we mentioned last week will be visiting all the 124 waypoints of the famous Cannon Challenge aboard the fleet carrier Konsu XLF-5XY, leaving Varity, where it's currently stationed, at 1500 UTC on Sunday 14th of March. Details are in their forum posts and Commander Mephisto has created an easier link for you to gain access. It's bit.ly slash ed3c. Remember that all fleet carrier services are available except the secure warehouse. And if you're late for the jump, you'll have a lot of flying ahead of you. Secondly, if you want to go exploring the way we old timers did, without fleet carriers, Commander Hunter's 5 Euro Tours, powered by the New Pilots Initiative, leaves for Melier this Saturday at 1800 UTC. This is a great opportunity for all, but especially new pilots, to experience a six week trip with weekly meetups. Uh, get to get the best of both worlds exploring company sign up on the EDSM expedition and join their discord and bring your very best camera for the competition afterwards details at bit.ly slash 5 euro tours and that's all the events we know about at the moment let us know if we've missed any Thank you very much to the news presenting team. And we're back. Well, we're not in the studio. We're actually on board one of these rescue ships in uh, Operation Orange Peel. It is a bit warm out there, isn't it? Very. Yeah, it goes, it goes warm, then cold, then warm, then cold. Yep. And <laughs> every now and again, it goes really, really bright. And yeah. well, coinciding with the, with the really, really warm thing. And there's a clang as our, as our pilot drops the, uh, the heat sink somewhere nearby. But um, yes, we are... Uh, as you may have heard from the start of the show, very, very close to Lave. You may have heard a few of the Lave adverts. Um, we are somewhere near their transmitter, so we are we are picking up crossfeed from Lave Radio occasionally. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's 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 not good. I mean, I think Flossie, you've got some details on the actual operation itself coming up later, don't you? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, including how well we're doing at evacuating people. This is not just a Hutton thing, as well. Obviously, you know, Lave is uh, a good friend of ours, or are a good friend of ours, and uh, our sister station. But um, this is open to all pilots from all factions anywhere in the galaxy, especially independent pilots, because some Burke seems to think that Lave's important and therefore decided it was worth <laughs> bombing. <laughs> now, it, it used to be important, didn't it? I mean, yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, About 600 yeah. years ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah, when you, when everybody flew Cobras and everything was in black and white and stick diagrams. Yes. You know, along with the cavemen drawings of, you know, stick pythons and stick anacondas we had stick cobras <laughs> yeah um found in cave paintings somewhere in the north of spain i think um but the um yeah but back then and everybody was called jameson i think at the time weren't they as well yeah oh, every yeah. second person was a jameson um th that's when lave was important I, and it used to i think i mean it predates you know just about everything other than soul doesn't it in terms of mm. in terms of human memory and it, it used to be important but these days it's only important for two things number one the tuesday lave radio show and number two booze Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is the oldest Coriolis station in the, the bubble. 
It's the um, oldest one. <laughs> yes. And I, I think, um, Amelia, I mean, you've got back from the expedition, but you, you did go and visit Lave this week for the Galnet Food Digest coming up later, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, you may have timed that really, really badly as well, judging by <laughs> what happened this morning. I'm just going to pop for some booze. Oh, God, everything's burning down around my ears. But, um, yeah, so we're joined in the studio by a slightly truncated team this evening, as, as was mentioned earlier in the show. Um, mm-hmm. Two of the team are... Um, well, how did you describe them, Amelia? Um, babies. Been, yeah. Ch- been, childlike. I've got a boo-boo on my knee. Somebody get boo-boo. me a plaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need a dinosaur sticky plaster. Yeah. yeah. Or I'll, I'll cry. I'm, not the brontosaurus. I want a T-Rex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want a pterodactyl. Um, but the, yeah, so we do understand that uh, Commander Deadmeat GF um, had a, a flight assist off accident while cornering at high speed while out on the mm. run. Yes. Um, and got red everywhere. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing drastic. He is in one piece, just a piece with a hole in it. And uh, Commander Chicks, who is actually coming up later with a pre-recorded segment, um, yes, uh, has also come down with Space Lurgy. Clearly, hasn't been trying his hut and mug out often mm. enough. Yeah, yeah. But so we are doing this following following correct procedures to keeping meters, hundred thousand meters away from everyone. Well, 0.22 light years away from everyone in our case, yes. Um, But, of course, everybody has been inoculated with their hut and mug before heading over to Lave Station because we wouldn't want to catch something nasty off them Mm. or, you know, anything like that. Anyway, we we are joined by um, Commander Palantir. Good evening, sir. Hello again. Hello. And uh, you are well? Yes, I am. And I'm even more well because I had my jab Sunday night. Yeah, you had your hut and mug powdered inoculation applied to the right part of your anatomy. Yes, uh, just a, it wasn't even a little prick with a needle. I felt nothing, which is uh, about part of the course, I think. <laughs> just, just a yeah, little well, prick. Yeah, yes. it, was, it wasn't a little prick. It was quite a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> this won't hurt a bit, they say. Yeah. Um, so so uh, given well, a couple of weeks' time, you'll be marginally safer to head out in the galaxy and start, I don't know, licking Thargoids or uh, rubbing yourself up against Guardian outposts. You mean I was supposed to stop that? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> we, if anybody yeah. wondered why those um, Guardian skimmers were so irate, it's probably because Palantir went to visit them last week. Yes. Um, and we're also joined by the Apology Officer. Good evening to the Apology Officer. Hello. Hello. Uh, I've uh, been, d- d- oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I've been doing some of the rescues at Lave Station as well, but I found it particularly difficult because it's nighttime and you can't really see the station very well. Oh, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a fair vision. point. <laughs> it's the oh, dark yeah. side of the moon. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was going to say, is, isn't it mostly nighttime when you're in space? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I refuse. But, but they, they've lit some nice fires to make it easy for you to get there. Yeah, I know. You just look for the big circle of uh, red alert signs, and that's when you know you're heading for the entrance. Oh, right, not just so one of the walls has got a huge hole in it. No, no. No, you, you you could go in through the hole, but you know, mm, yeah, that, that thing that kind of thing's frowned upon. Yes, yeah, well, it, it would be. Yes, I mean, yes. even in a burning station, loitering is a crime. Yes, <laughs> and you don't want to be caught with any illicit goods on board as well. Ooh, no. So, um, yeah, obviously we've got we've got Amelia here as well, who's been tasting things over at Lave and testing things over at Lave. Uh-huh. But um, are you are you taking part in the rescue operations? Have you got you know, put your limpets away and are taking a few <laughs> passenger cabins? I, I haven't. No, the the last thing I did was I went mining with Rampage. Um, we were collecting bromelite. I think he needed for one of the engineers. So I went out with him and uh, and we did some mining together. 
Oh, right. So, well, so I haven't been rescuing action. people. I'm afraid it, it, it's been mostly the Zen experience that is mining. And we are we talking? Have you gone the full deep core here, or are you just you know? Oh no, it was only surface mining. It was just tickling the asteroids. Yeah, tickling them. I've to... not tried that 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 middle that middle one. What is it? Where you use the um, <clears throat> the drill and the it's you know what I mean? Subsurface missiles. That's that's the one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're all right. It's. I mean, the, the two primaries are asteroid cracking, which is things like void opals. You know, the cores. And mm-hmm. then, then you have the surface mining, so you need abrasion blasters and mining lasers. Well, can, um, can you do all three? You can, like, use your laser first and then use the yeah, debris can, and then... you can kit a ship out to do all of it if you really want to. One after the another on the, on the same asteroid and just get the maximum you can. Well, not all asteroids have all the bits, so... Um, I think well, you've, you've, got to find the, you've got to find the right crevices, you know, to stick. Yeah, your, um, but it also yeah. it also depends I, I on what you're mining. To say this is just like life, but then obviously you just <laughs> you just sp- spoke up there and ruined my life there. That, that, just <laughs> taking it down completely the wrong path. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. trust you to take it down down a notch. Yes, <laughs> full of crevices. Oh, yes. but, just like life. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you you can't crack asteroids for bromelite because you don't really get bromelite cores. Um, so different resources are mined different ways. You get apple cores. Yes, yes. You get yep. peach cores. You get apple cores. You get mango cores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ice the, cores. You got. But that's only if you're pips. in the Antarctic. Um, anyway, uh, just moving moving along. Apology officer. Obviously, we did mention an article <laughs> earlier yes. about um, the former hot boss. Yes. Commander, Commander Mr. Venezia. Is it Mr. Commander Venezia or Commander Mr. Venezia? I can Commander Mr. Vianetta. <laughs> Mr. Vianetta, yes. <laughs> Crunchy on the top and soft on the inside. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and obviously the, the article is, is is all true. Congratulations, Aaron. Oh, yes, yes. They, are, the they have an incoming commander, yeah. They do. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah, congratulations to both of them. Yeah, um, I, I know from previous conversations it, it's some news that uh, he and uh, Mrs. Venezia have been looking forward to. As well, so and planning believe, yeah. for, and practicing for, I'd imagine as well. But we won't go into those kind of details. Um, but congratulations from from us to to them, and obviously keep us keep us up to date with all the news, you know. Oh, yeah. um, and of course, we're joined by Flossie, who's been keeping an eye on what everybody else is up to. Hello, <clears throat> these five euro tours, and I don't know how much five euros is worth these days. It seems to fluctuate depending on how many hut bugs they inoculate themselves yeah. with. Yeah, I was going to say five pounds, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And comfy cannon cruises and all sorts. So it's been a cruise kind of week, you know, the resurrection of the um, the cruise industry in, in in space. What with the Eros Maidlings one and the comfy cannon cruise and then the five euro tour. You know, these liners are in the top 1% of liners out there. Yes, they are. <laughs> but other than that, um, I have noticed one of your alter egos is uh, taking part in Operation Orange Peel. Yes, uh, I've got Poppy doing it. Um Currently at number 17 on the table, there's uh, 1,147 passengers rescued out of 55,823. Well, it'll have gone up by the time you get to Well, yeah, it's probably probably gone up now. (laughs) You've been in two places, but Poppy's number 19 now, I'm afraid. Uh oh. Yeah. When we were just about ready to go on air, it was at 40,000. It's already jumped to 50 lots. And yes, yeah, so it, it's going to go up and up a bit. Depends how long the Gownet news is, which is coming up later as well. Now, dun dun dun, shocking news. And it's once again all true. Hutton doesn't make up the news. We just um, use colourful crayons on the stuff we find. Don Benedetti. Yes. Splitter. He of the fake Scottish accent. 
Yeah, he's not a real Scotsman, no. Yeah. Has 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 been captured, incarcerated, and then rescued by um, the Frameshift Bandit leader Braben and put onto other projects. Mm. So we don't know what the other projects mm. are. We don't. No. But neither does he. It's, t- it's so secret you can't tell him. He's not allowed nope. to know. But we do, we do know that as a result of this, he's not going to be able to enjoy the next set of ECM burgers when we do get an ECM together, because he was looking forward to those when he tasted them last year <laughs> before everything got cancelled. So, no, 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 you can't have any of those burgers anymore because you're a, a dastardly rotter and a splitter. But yeah. no, um, obviously, we, we do wish um, Stephen all the very best in his uh, new endeavours. It's been an absolute pleasure since, uh, oh, it's around June 2019, he joined the community management team and he's been good fun i especially liked his weatherman sketches yes <laughs> from the shower and all sorts um but yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, have him aboard the community management team over at the pilots federation and um we do wish him very well yeah he has largely been a lockdown community manager then hasn't he yeah i think he spent more time in lockdown than he has actually yeah. at the offices yeah Probably. <laughs> but we, we don't know what the new mission's going to be. You, don't, you the, tell me. Yes. <laughs> the exciting not. bit is, of course, that he's moving on to new projects, but he can't tell us what the new projects are yet. So it could be that there are new announcements of the new proje- pro- <coughs> projects that do need a community manager coming soon. <gasps> Thomas the Tank Engine Simulator. Um, something like that, yeah. So something that they haven't told us about yet clearly needs a community manager soon, which means we're going to know about it soon, which means yay. Yay! Something new for the Hutton Games Room. Yep. Other than that, over in the news, there have been more paintings by Beetle Jude coming out all over the internet and Ooh, pi- pictures of pictures of dogs and um, people's co-paulets, I think they're, they're fond of calling them, aren't they? Yes. Um, I'm not so sure one of them wasn't from Mal... Was it Mal for the Win? Puppy Ooh. dog. Oh, at some know. point. We'll have to check with um, Beetle Jude. I, I remember seeing one, but uh, I can't remember who's... who's um, which which commander uh, was was accompanied by that particular co-pilot? I did see one where somebody put a photograph up, and it was their cat sitting next to the monitor, and there was a lovely big long-haired cat just staring directly at them. You know, it had that look of I don't know what you're doing, so I'm just going to watch you. If it was a cat, it's probably I am going to murder you in your yeah. sleep. I'll wait you till you know put, this. I'll wait till you put your VR headset on, and then I'll jump in your lap. Yes, yeah. Oh, that's no, I, uh, my, my my dog. I was I was playing in VR the other day, and um, I was in a particularly spooky section of the game that I was playing. And the dog came up and, and nudged my left arm. I nearly I nearly saw my armor. I really nearly saw my armor. That was it, was a big girly scream. <laughs> Uh, well, a manly roar. I'll, I'll go with a manly roar. Yeah, yeah. We all yeah. believe it was a manly roar. Yes. No, a girly cry. Um, Go on. Yeah, big, big high-pitched girly squeal. Yeah, I screamed for my mummy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, what else has been going on before before we move along? Is there anything else that I've I've missed from the galaxy? I'm sure there were birthdays we've missed. Lots of people have birthdays. Oh, we we have welcomed back Commander Zulu Romeo to the galaxy. Oh yeah, he's back. He's back. Oh great. Yay. He of the I found Sagittarius A. Yeah. Uh, fame uh, appears to have resurfaced in the galaxy and is flying around again. So, welcome back to the Zulu Romeo. Yeah, um, welcome. Yep. Yay, Haji. Um, yay for Haji. Everybody say yay, Haji. Yay um, for yay, Haji. Haji. Yay, Haji. Yep. And I, I mean, other than that, there's been no real more news about the uh, the Frameshift Bandits and any of the, the on foot bit. I know Commander Wotherspoon covers stuff on Tuesday evenings as well and, and midweek. 
mm-hmm. um, about some of the information that was revealed. Um, but there's nothing really new, new yet. Just the some bil- clarifications. The, the Billy and Lowell defence that regulator. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably why there aren't any because they needed the regulators to broadcast any more stuff. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there will be there will be stuff coming out soon because yeah, the twenty ninth isn't that far away. Um, there have been more talks, obviously, with the SRV landing um, in the news earlier. There have been more discussions about things you might want to try doing during Alpha because yeah. we had the bucking Bronco on the um, the skimmer. Mm-hmm. We did talk about trying to stand on a canister of hut and mugs and roll it downhill without falling over or getting crushed by it. Log rolling. Log rolling. There is the, well, if we can get an SRV up to a fleet carrier, what about doing it on foot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If you can get two commanders onto a, a fleet carrier, they can run for the front to the back. And have well, we were having conversations about obviously keeping mm. warm because your suit has to keep you warm. But there were some ideas on, you know, when crouching on the top of your crate, how to stay warm. Yeah. And you can probably engineer your suit. So if you can engineer suits, you could, you know, you can make it last lot longer. So you Yeah, can, take take a couple yeah. of those oxygen tanks with you or mm-hmm. maybe cuddle up next to the heat vents. Yeah, definitely. The not heat vents, close. not the intake vents. The heat vents. <laughs> no. no. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, what's that crunching noise coming from the engine? Ah, so mm-hmm. that's our passenger sir. <laughs> yeah, back to the surface everybody. <laughs> can anyone smell bacon? Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, there, there's all sorts of new challenges people are discussing, and obviously there's also the the, the skydiving off cliffs. You know, there's people who wear the squirrel suits and jump off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So people wondering whether they can do that off some of the sheer cliffs on planets and sort of jump off the edge like they do on SRVs and and float their way down without becoming a, a, a splot of jam on the floor. I think that's a definite. That's one to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and will there be a fuel rat service sort of running around with sort of spare batteries and um, <laughs> oxygen tanks for commanders who are sort of crawling on their hands and knees across a planet nowhere near a base? You know, they can come and land and uh, refuel them. Is mm. there going to be a, like a, kind of a fuel rat tailor? service for people on the yeah. <laughs> they, they pop open a, a, you know, a jump pack and some solar panels. Yeah, Stick some batteries in your suit and go, ooh, suits you, sir. Yes. <laughs> Have you got a pair of double A's there? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's very... You're now getting personal again. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I've only got triple A's, sorry. <laughs> yes. I'm more of a big big D battery, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well... Biggest again, human so, pyramid. I was thinking, I th- I'm sure there was a movie like that one. No, that was the human centipede. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Wing walking. Wing walking, mm-hmm. yes. Display teams, you know. You ever sort of remember watching the... Um, was it the Royal Tournament when that bicycle display, the motorbike display team used to go around? Oh, yeah. You know, sort of, you know, five of them across the bottom and then you know, they're all standing up there with it. Well, they had white helmets on, didn't they? Yeah, an yeah. inverted pyramid in the top of an SRV. Oh, I yeah. think they were called um, the White Helmets. I think they were mm. called the White Helmets, yeah. But if you remember seeing those, I mean, a, a bit of the evil Knievels, you stand on the back of an SRV while it does a jump. That oh, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's all that kind of stuff that we're going to have to test out. in, in Build a snowman. Would you like to build a snowman? I would like to build a snowman. Just let it go. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, right. Um, so so uh, if nobody's got anything else, we might as well get on with the show. Um, oh, fair enough. So, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Bullsack, also known as Mr. Palantir, mm. would you like to introduce mm. the next segment for us, please? I believe I would. Now, every week, we have to come up with an introduction with the Gownet News Digest that tries to do it justice. 
And every week, without fail, once we've heard the actual transmission, we've realised we didn't, we failed. Look, so this time I'm just going to say, it's time for the Gownet News Digest by Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. They're sickeningly good at it. Galnet News Digest, 11th of March, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, why leave station? An abrupt ending. A very quick set of answers. SRVs in space. Why leave station? In the wake of the bombing of nine starports today, authorities are trying to work out what went wrong. How could known terrorists get through the permit locks on all three capital systems, Akna, Alioth and Sol? How could these terrorists still be able to place enzyme bombs in starports that are guarded day and night? And why, among the list of high-value targets, capitals of many of the major powers, did the terrorists think Lave Station a worthwhile target? Is it because it's the historic jumping-off point for generations of Commander Jamesons? Is it because of the famous Lavian Brandy? Or is it because the terrorists want to stop commanders unlocking Didi Vartman, the shield-boosting engineer of Leasty? The NMLA terrorist spokesperson, Theta 7, said that bombing the stations was a signal for the people to rise up and take the power from the Federation, from the Empire and from the Alliance, to cast out the old governments and to take power into the hands of the people. Do they mean that we should be doing that to the Lave Radio Network too? Given the slightly chaotic way the Orange Sidewinder crew has been handling the crisis, perhaps they have a point. But the blast seems to have had the opposite effect. Commanders are coming together to rescue the inhabitants of the station and special search parties have been sent out to find the Orange Sidewinder crew. No matter how awful the show, Lave Radio holds a special place in the hearts of commanders everywhere. An abrupt ending. Following the terrorist bombings, the Galactic Summit has been called off and the politicians, leaders and dignitaries have all scuttled off back home to safety. The serious treaty which was supposed to bring the powers together to confront the Thargoid threat remains unsigned. The spirit of Laylapse lies abandoned, awaiting redeployment next week. The ship sail continues with Gutamaya, Lakon and Core Dynamics ships all 10% off for another week and the temporary Sirius Permit remains active for a little longer. But there's a sense of an opportunity missed, of a galaxy not noticeably better after two weeks of negotiations. Perhaps only Archon Delane comes out as a winner, at least partly promoted to recognition, sitting round the table with respectable, if not necessarily respected, politicians. Perhaps someday we'll have Galactic Summit 2, the rematch. But until then, Sirius can get back to its normal business, forcing independent systems to buy its products at gunpoint. A very quick set of answers. What about that Odyssey heist last week then? That was something worth watching, wasn't it? We have some clarifications about 
what it all means. What are all those red barrels? Red barrels go bang. How did the commanders manage to do so well? They died a lot and footage was spliced together to make it look like they knew what they were doing. Do planetary rings cast shadows on the ground? No. Are there any zero-g environments we can walk about in? No. Where can you walk about? Anywhere you can land. Where can you change your loadout? In your ship or SRV. Can you drop or lose weapons? No, not unless you die. Which buildings can you enter? All of them. Can you kill other commanders when you're on foot? Yes. Can you kill people with the arc cutter? No. Dismemberment is strictly prohibited. Can you conduct a heist on your own? Yes, but it's much harder. Can you join big battles? Frontline solutions are the way. How does physical multi-crew work? You're not a hologram, so you need to be in the same place. Wing up, and then you can go into your shipmate's ship, unless they refuse you boarding permission. Can I drive a wingmate's SRV? Yes. SRVs in space. Commander Brono is claiming an unusual first this week. While visiting the hot potato system Striu Eop ZP-NC23-0, and with the assistance of other members of the expedition, they launched their SRV from tiny potato planet A1, which is only eight light seconds from the star, and which orbits almost as fast as Mitran Hollow, were gently nudged by their fellow pilots onto a landing pad on the deck of a fleet carrier. Unfortunately, docking permission wasn't given and the SRV was presumably blown up by the fleet carrier. For some reason, no one has yet attempted to take an SRV to a starport or fleet carrier and then return it safely to the planet, or to take a deployed SRV from one planet and land it safely on a different planet, which would make recalling one's ship interesting. There is so much science still to do. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Thank you very much, Commanders Beetle, Jude, and Wotherspoon. It's like we're at a crossroads in the state of the galaxy, but all the lights have gone green at the same time. It does explain a little bit about some people's flying. And now, to bring us up to date with the community goals, it's the Pilots' Federation's favourite. And, of course, ours. The one. The only. The much-subjected-to-hyperbole. Flossy. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives. Let Flossie tell you what it is, then you can get involved with this new shoot. 
should listen to what Flossie said. Interstellar Initiative. Flossie tells us what she thinks it is. Then you can get involved with this. Now you should listen to what Flossie says. Hello, Flossie here with this week's Community Goals News. Last week's CGs um, both ended at 0600 UTC this morning. Deliver supplies to the Galactic Summit finished about halfway between tiers 4 and 5 with 106,285,435 tonnes collected. Defence of the Galactic Summit finished just short of Tier 7 with 590,355,643,989 credits earned. Anyone in top 75% or higher will receive one or both of the special Cobra Mark III paint jobs and the top 10 commanders of each CG will, eat, will receive an Imperial Clipper. And now a new CCCG. There are no new CGs this week, but instead we have a new CCCG, a community-created community goal, Operation Orange Peel, to save Lave Station, as mentioned in the news earlier. Antarius Fusion has set up a page on the Hutton Helper to keep track of passengers rescued, so make sure you have whatever form of Hutton Helper you you have enabled so that your progress is recorded. There may also be prizes. There is also a Facebook events page where you can track progress, give or take any advice and exchange any stories about your heroic efforts at bit.ly slash Operation Orange Peel. 62,000 people have already been recorded as rescued so far by 52 commanders. And that's it for this week's CCCG News. Flossie told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. Well, we're going to need a lot of ships, uh, trips and ships to evacuate billions of people. So there's plenty to aim for. Uh, before we go to the sports report, here's the second episode of Commander Chicks's guide to the A to Z of Hutton Space. This week, it's Narensis. Oddly, for the second in our series, The A to Z of Hot and Space, the fates would have it that we turn from last week's first acquired system WISE 0855-0714 to the newest system to benefit from the benevolence of his eminent fluffiness, Narenses, or Narnia, as it has become more affectionately known. To say that the capture of Narnia was a drawn-out affair is somewhat of an understatement, as many months passed between Hutton's unexpected expansion into it and final overall control. I say unexpected as Hutton expanded into Narnia without precisely having intended to do so, and as any of you Narnia history buffs out there will know, this is very much in keeping with Narnia's MO. As old-timer Professor Kirk has been known to say at length to anyone he could get to buy him a Megajin in the filthy chockers bar on Hutton Orbital, once a controlling faction in Narnia, 
always a controlling faction in Narnia. Of course, you'll get back to power in Narnia again someday, but don't go trying to use the same route to power twice. Indeed, don't try to expand into Narnia at all. It'll happen when you're not looking for it. However, when Chuckers did finally decide to get their collective act together, in only three weeks we went from third, through a landslide election against the Green Party of Samani, to a short but decisive war with the Narenses organisation to win overall control of the system. So, what did we get for our efforts? Well, opening the wardrobe door for a quick peek inside reveals a single Coriolis station, Yang Orbital. Narnian locals will know that the seat of the ruling faction was traditionally known as Care Paravel, meaning lesser court, and the present station certainly lives down to the standards implied by that tradition. Inconveniently, it sits about two and a half thousand clicks out, but has a tricky approach past the rings of the fourth planet that will have commanders riding their throttles until final approach. For those commanders that like a bit of risk in their approaches and departures, Yang Orbital is equipped with a pair of noob hammers. Noob hammers, you say? What the blazes are those? Yes, those sticky-out, rotating arms that swap both unsuspecting new and veteran commanders alike. If Yang Orbital were a car, it would be the basic model, manual transmission with hand-wound windows and no floor mats to hide the highway rushing past beneath. Unless desperate, those wishing to outfit their ship should look elsewhere as the shipyard and outfitting facilities offer only the most basic of items. And for heaven's sake, don't go on a Wednesday when they leave the outfitting apprentices unsupervised. You didn't hear that from me. With no surface bases other than a penal colony, the quarter of a million Narnians who call the system home all live in Yang Orbital. The penal colony does come in handy though for detaining, okay locking up and throwing away the key, of those miscreants who come to Narnia talking wide-eyed and in reverent tones about finding supplies of free enchanted Turkish delight or of getting magical Christmas presents from an old fat bloke in red pyjamas and snow boots or any one of the other crazy lies peddled about former occupant of the system Aslan in the vicious and dangerous book the lion, the space battle and the wardrobe. Banned in some federation systems, it's fake news people, fake news. Give it up people, or have a nice long stay in a small cell to ponder on the error of your ways. The economy of Narnia is based on refining and the first planet and most of the gas giant satellites offer a good range of materials for surface prospecting. Three gas giants have a reasonable number of red sites, but overall the system resources can be considered depleted. Narnia scores highly on the dumpometer. Narenses, where it's always winter, but never Christmas. To this week's Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free, lovely stroop waffle to sit on top of your Hutton mug, full of coffee, until it goes all gooey and chewy. And, oh. Anyway, this week 
we have the following events. The How Far Can I Take a Carrot Cake from Saul and your special. The T9 Munchie Box Full of Goodies Cup. The Car Full of Curries and Pakoras and Pizzas and Kebabs You're Not Allowed to Eat Delivery Driver Challenge. The I Would Kill Right Now for a Plate of Chips Battle Royale. The I've Gone Mad with Hunger Hangry Spree. The Picking what passengers you'll eat if you eat first if you ever get stranded, Invitational Challenge. In the classified results, Mexican food standoffs will be penalised, all plates must be cleared and buffy rules apply. The machine is heating up and I'm sure I can smell bacon cooking. Oh, right, let's get stuck in. Okay, Comet Born, 46. Lydia of the Void, 46. Comet Born wins, Comet Born wins in the photo finish. Danny Eros, 83. Chicks, 70. De Berk, 174. Aiden, 108. Alex Zuno, 964. Milstone Barn, 263. Shattermage, 496. Dark Bane Fox, 216 Raven 746 864 Wolf124 Paramedicals, 1. Trepin Terriers, 2. Okay, so decals this week for Danny Eros, who was also a winner on November 19th of last year, but still hasn't came to claim their uh, hunting decal. Can you imagine? And the Berk. Please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your hutton decal, which this week consists of a pizza box with a hutton shaped cutout and a squeezy bottle of tomato sauce. Mmm. Only three hutton runs this week, and all of them were by Socrates or Socrates Ectoplasm, whose fastest time is still one hour, twenty-two minutes and twenty-six seconds. That's just six seconds behind Hardy's record and puts Socrates in third place overall. And we think that deserves a decal as well. Maybe you should have Danieros's one if they don't want it. Particularly since I can't pronounce his name. Just take it. Could you do better? Could you do the hut and run in 45 minutes and prove it? Why not go to hot.furthermog.com and download or sign up for the hut and helper before heading out to tear ash your way to hut and like a hot shot rocket jock. Let's face it, anything has to be better than sitting about listening to your belly growling while dinner is cooking and you can smell it cooking. But you have to finish the sports report before you can go and eat it. Oh, back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. It's nice that people work so hard for Houghton and get themselves to the top of the leaderboard. It's just a pity that people don't always hear their name and come forward to claim it. Maybe if wingmates or others in the squadron who see them flying could let them know, we'd be able to let them have their decal. It's about the only thing that keeps Valentia busy, and we know what they say about devils and idle hands. 
Now it's time for someone else whose hands are never idle as she tests the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods so we don't have to. It's Amelia Hawke and the Galnet Food Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods so you don't have to. rather harrowing foods that I've been sent to try over the last few weeks, it was with more than a little joy that I accepted this week's assignment. The rare's roots throughout the galaxy have had one constant over the years and centuries, and that's the appearance of artisan alcoholic beverages. Whilst many pop up and trendy new fads come and go as the years pass, there are some drinks in the galaxy that have stood the test of time. Lavian brandy is one of these. Lave is one of the oldest populated systems in the bubble, the original second home for humanity and the old heart of the Pilots' Federation. Its existence predates the Empire and the Federation as we know them now, and for a time, it was an important seat for the Alliance. In modern times, it's independent. But throughout all of this, there's been the brandy. Lavian brandy isn't a true brandy of the kind that you soak your Christmas pudding in, but a grain brandy. It starts out life being fermented from a mash made from grains found natively on the planet Lave, then distilled, distilled some more, and then again, many times, before being carefully placed into genuine earth-sourced oak casks to begin an aging process that turns the potent liqueur into the vibrant orange spirit that's known throughout the galaxy. An unaged Lavian brandy has many uses. It's so strong that it has uses from industrial cleaner, disinfectant, wound treatment, paint stripper, and even for cleaning cubicle three after a particularly heavy night on the curry. Once exposed to the ancient oak barrels though, and over time, it matures and gains a natural orange color. It's used in cocktails such as the Sidewinder and appropriately for Lave, the Old Fashioned. But it's just as nice in a proper brandy glass, warmed in the hand and sipped on a cold evening. The fermentation and distilling process happens at Lave too a permit-locked planet in system for some very good reasons. But even those of us from the Galnet Food Digest aren't allowed anywhere near the process, which is fiercely guarded. Every decade or so, a barrel is tapped and tested, and true to its origins, checked whether it is proof. A small pipette of brandy is siphoned off and then splashed onto gunpowder, which is then lit. If the resulting explosion is large enough and violent enough, it's considered proof that the Lavian brandy is ready for bottling. The brandy itself has a heady aroma. The high gravity raw brandy isn't watered down much compared to many spirits you're used to. When you pour it, the drink itself sticks to the sides of your glass, 
just a little and gives it an orange sheen. And be careful when testing the aroma with your nose. It's strong enough to put you over the limit with just a little whiff. Sipping it from a glass I've warmed in my hand a little, it is fiery and strong flavoured. Not a hint of the grain, moonshine or vodkas that many will have tried, but a warming, rich drink with a long lingering aftertaste. It tastes expensive, really expensive, a property imparted from the aged oak barrels that it comes from. That's where the rarity comes in. The traditional English oak that is used for the barrels is all but extinct on Earth. With rising sea levels and climate change, there are only very few places on the planet that still have groves of these trees, and the majority are under protection orders and heavy guard. Only natural deadfall is able to be used to convert into barrels by master coopers. So the barrels found in lave are often centuries old, and the damage or loss of any of them is mourned by the distillers as they would mourn the loss of an old friend. Batches don't have numbers, they have names. These taste tests wouldn't be the same without a small element of danger. There is a good reason that the brandy is distilled on lave two. The temperature on the planet sits at around 80 Kelvin. The process is carefully temperature controlled by computers and all human input is kept well away from the facilities buried deep within the moon. Lavian brandy should never get higher than human body temperature. Beyond that, it becomes volatile and explosive. Empty barrels are immediately removed to, to cold storage. The, the glass bottles once used must be removed by bomb disposal teams. And should you be running a bit of a temperature, never try the brandy. The canisters purchasable in station come with a warning that pilots should never try fuel scooping with them on board for fear of turning into a flaming orange comet. Oh, and lighting up a Kamitra cigar with your glass of Lavian brandy. That's considered either very brave or enormously foolish. I'm Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Food Digest from Lave Station. And uh, I've just heard an evacuation alert. Oh, can anyone smell smoke? Thank you very much, Amelia. We're glad you got out of there safely. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, the, the idea of, of you know those ancient aged oak barrels. I mean, these things are irreplaceable in a lot of cases, aren't they? I mean, they are centuries they are and centuries so old. valuable. Um, just yeah. the, the barrels themselves are made out of English oak from Earth. I mean, yes. that's incredibly rare. That's so. Well, have you seen luxurious. the cruise line? If you fly to Sol, the bits that haven't been burnt, um, yeah. <laughs> and have a look at planet Earth. I mean, the, you know, the, the the UK is not the same shape as as people are used to in I don't know the the twenty one hundreds. You know, that's very true. That's very mm. very true. 
Um, I mean, the you know the sea levels have risen, and um, you know we, we've now got Birmingham on sea. Yes, you know, Scotland. Like Scotland is tropical. They grow pineapples there now. <laughs> yeah, especially for the deep fried pizzas. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, those those aged oak barrels. I mean, they're obviously it's, they're it's incredibly time. decadent if you think about it. Well, it, it is, and that's why it's so expensive. I mean, you know, brandies yes, can yes. can be. I mean, we're, we're used to the sort of the more traditional, you know, grape-based brandies because obviously, you know, one of the ways of making it, the, the most popular way, is obviously um, from a, from wine, wasn't it? Because because originally you just make the wine super strong. It's like a fortified wine, but made yeah. fancy, isn't it, really, a, yes. a brandy? Yeah. But grain brandies do exist and obviously um making it taste like a brandy instead of like a, a vodka or moonshine is is that's where those oak barrels come in oh yes yeah. that's, that's where the specialness comes in i mean it's not easy to make um brandies from grains and i love the way i mean they, they give the barrels names it's, it's not like sort of you know a special barrel number 34 you know that one's called steve or you know <laughs> yeah. steve the brandy yes but they, they've all got names and if you get a bottle of it you'll find it etched on the bottom of the bottle yes the, the actual cask that it came from the name the name of the cask and they really do look after look after these things i mean coopers over at, at lave station are very very well paid aren't they incredibly so yes well they have to yeah. be they're they're dealing with with resources that are insanely expensive and if they make even small mistakes they can lose some of that very valuable resource oh crikey i mean it's, and, it's and a long the, way back to the depot to pick some more up isn't it <laughs> well, yes uh, you, you wouldn't want one to explode and end up with horrible sort of ancient oak splinters as a result of an explosion <laughs> i mean it, it, you know it, it is i mean even the fumes are dangerous i mean you've got an empty barrel there you leave it lying around i mean all, all you have to do is you know leave, leave a heat on in the room and that, that's it you've got a hole in the side of the station i mean that, that was the first thought when when lave caught fire was oh my god has somebody heated the barrels up but no it wasn't it was nmla terrorists of course um the barrels of lave uh, brandy that was stored on the station probably didn't help well no we understand they haven't caught fire and this is this really? is flossy. i mean as you reported earlier this is what the effort is we're trying to get everyone out of the way because if those things go up flossy my goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, no more lave station. There'll just be a bit of wreckage, a bit like the Tierney's mm. the ship graveyard floating around <laughs> in lave. And, and that would be... Dust terrible. where billions of people once lived. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that, that lave radio have got a spare transmitter lying around somewhere just in case, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, so, Flossie, I mean, uh, we, we did mention, obviously, during during your section earlier that we we, we shot past 60, 63,000. Yeah, yeah. It's actually not. It's 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 now gone up even more, hasn't it? Sixty-seven thousand yeah, now. Yeah. Sixty seven thousand, and it is going up at a rate. I mean, uh, do, do you want to give a few um, shout-outs to commanders who are putting in a a, a particular major uh, effort to the rescue operations? Aidan has done six thousand two hundred and twenty-seven. He's at the top of the list there. <coughs> um. Well, hot, on hot on his heels. Hot on his heels. The cleaner eighty five thousand one hundred and fourteen. Isn't that a pseudonym for for our own floor mopping guy who's just got out to help? Not unless the number eighty has some significance for him. No, but but it, it it does show you the power of the Hutton decal. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Cleaner eighty is a, a recent recipient. And the recipient of the mug. Oh. Yep. Yeah, um, we got all the Admam twenty three fifteen with four thousand six hundred and sixty. I mean, there there are what twenty four people now already over the the thousand uh, evacuees 
Mark? Yeah, yeah. Um, retired Navy IT one says just making my first drop of people right now. Um, so yeah, there there is a rescue ship in system, so yeah. you can leave the station. And it, I mean, it's only a tiny, short little supercruise away from Lave, so they've parked it as close as they safely can. Um, I, there were rumours earlier, Commander Palantir, of some queues. Yes, Commander Flashpoint was reporting it, but he said the queue wasn't too long. But the issue is there's only one large pad. So if you do have a large ship, and of course a lot of people will want to do that to maximise the amount they're dropping off, please get off the pad as soon as you can. Don't just sit there and listen to the broadcast that we're giving out and thinking, oh, that's a nice radio show. I'll just put my feet up now and wait. Because <laughs> yeah. there'll be a queue it's of like people. It's like the CGs outside, last two weeks. Oh, yeah. And then there, yes. is, there is an etiquette to these things, isn't there? Apology officer. Uh, I'm sure there is, yeah. Um, I did actually I did actually have that conversation, or somebody had that conversation with me during the last CG when I popped up and was faffing about looking at things, and they were like, excuse me, can you clear the pad, please? You know, yeah, so I mean, it's, the, you'll, the see, standard... you'll see a line of ships, yeah. you go at the back of that line, and the line works its way forward. Yeah, and of course, if anybody from Hutton does want to act as a traffic marshal on this one, um, you know, a ship parts somewhere near the front of the pad, noting who's next, and um, you know, shuffling people along in in the right order, um, is always much appreciated. I know that was done during the CG and a few of our later events as well that we have had pad marshals in the in the Hutton group. So, if anybody does fancy taking a few minutes out to become a pad marshal and say, right, you're next, and kicking people off the pad when they're done, well, no, um, Hotbox oh, does if its own deck parking officer is Wraith oh, Bobby B. Yeah. He's quite happy to tell you, you can't park that there. You can't park well, that we there. We haven't seen Bobby notes. B taking part yet. I'm just having a look to see who's on. Uh, I don't think Bobby's on the list yet. No, we do I have an FTM Mustang. That's FTM Mustang 07, so that's his, uh, that's his alter ego. That's his PC. Oh, his traitorous account, yes? Yeah. So I'm just look. looking down to see if there are any names I recognise from Team Hotbox at the moment. I'm just doing the same. I'll start at the bottom. Malice XR3, up. there we go. Oh, Malice is on there. Yep, he's just about Malice. Take, Malice, Techie Master B, Marco2612, which is me. Yep. Um, we can see Nodjuram. Actually, actually, the Cleaner 80, I'm pretty sure, is a, a Hotbox pilot. Whoa, in which case, the Cleaner 80 all on their own is he's in second place, up the just whole of the Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's carrying us. Uh, we, we do notice that Commander Nodjuran in 47th, I think it is, position at the moment, is from the Paladin Consortium. They've actually all evening been running a bit of a convoy over to there as well. Um, the red They call it the Red Cross Convoy, Jump to Lave. Um, mm-hmm. But we've got five of the Paladin Consortium on the board already. Yep. Our, so very, thank own, you. our very own Commander Chix is at 15. Yeah. Yes, th- but yes, so he's dodging. That's what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, he's doing that. He's, he's like, oh no, I can't come on the show. No, and no, I'll be. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, must... having a, he's throwing a sickie. It's like, he doesn't oh, want to go to school, yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's out rescuing with his real friends. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's also really nice to see. See, you know, it's not the usual suspect. I mean, obviously, we, we know Commander Raiden is just a machine, um, but it's lovely to see some names that we don't recognise from the top of these totals from from previous events as well, uh, popping up here. You know, um, your T Mahone see... is a name I don't recognise. I'm a Nordic guy. No, I can do. see Psychit's in there. Oh, Psychit, uh, pr- probably streaming at the same time as well. Very possibly. Uh, but it, it's lovely to say. I mean, at least a third of these names Defoe's, down it are, I can see Defoe's in there as well. He's Xbox, I'm sure. Yar. Defoe, yes, of the board. Yar, yes. They have actually booked in their first gig since um, for July, for the end of lockdown. 
the boarding crew, um, Hutton's very own pirate band, um, have actually booked in a, a gig for July once. Well, there's, there's tentative pending, obviously, you know, COVID and everything else going going uh, the right way, but they mm-hmm. have booked in their first gig for a, over a year. I can see snuff, Snufflers in there. Snuffler, yeah. Yeah, Snuffler of uh, Filthy Truckers Please fame. don't kill me, Snuffler. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Number 11, look at number 11. Who's that? 11. 11. Yeah, that's between oh, ten and twelve. Yes. You'll find Commander Antares Fusion. Well, we can only see one member of Lave <laughs> Lave mm-hmm. Radio. I, I can see Ed Lewis. Yes, yeah, yeah. Our, our very own uh, Ben Ed Lewis in a very respectable twelfth position there, uh, propping things up for Lave Radio as well. He, so, he was yeah. actually the first to drop any off at all. It was it was the he, first person to be taken off the station. <laughs> <laughs> Went to get his ship and yes, uh, yeah. took, took the family with him, all two hundred and ninety-two of them when he yeah. when he left. Yes. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, Commander Aiden, no cues at the rescue ship at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm just having a look. Doctor Pismo may also be hotbox. Yes, um, we got a confirmation. Uh, I think Doctor Pismo may also be hotbox. Yes. Possibly, I can't see Dr. Pismo in there. But look, it, it's lovely to see everybody taking part. And obviously, this is phase one of Operation Orange Peel. Mm-hmm. Because yep. the first thing we've got to do is evacuate as many as possible. Because the more we evacuate, the less damage will happen to the station. The quicker the fires will be out. But then when the fires go out, depending on how much we've taken out, we will need fewer things to bring in to repair the station. So I know there are you know, 8 billion or whatever people on board the station, but the more we get out, the fewer the resources that will be needed to repair it as well. Operation um, IDA, or is it anti-IDA, have been in touch to say, well, that's one station we're not going to worry about because you guys have got it sorted. <laughs> <laughs> how did um, they get 8 billion people on one Coriolis station in the first place? Oh, stack of forty. Yeah, I was going to say they must—they must be very close together. Well, there, there is only one habitable planet there, isn't there? there there's an orbital, a little tiny orbital that probably only holds about thirty thousand people. Then there's the planet itself, which accounts for quite a few billion. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that's um, twenty-five billion. That's the system population. The station population is eight billion. Yeah. <laughs> But that's an estimated eight billion. You know, oh, okay. I mean, by the time we've evacuated, there'll be, you know, Mr. Vinian's here will have done his rounds, and there'll be another few, you know, yeah. ge- generations of of um, yeah, the, the Vinian's are, pr- are producing them faster than we can evacuate them. Yeah, it's a bit like that old one. What was what was that in where the queue gets longer because somebody has a baby in the queue? Was that a Futurama one? It might have been. When they were waiting for the, um, uh, sorry, the whatever the American equivalent of the DVLA is, what is it? The uh, DVLA. Uh, oh, I think they call oh. it the DVLA. No, there's a no. special name for it. No, it, it's called the. Um, oh, I can't remember. Department of. I'm, I'm sure some of the Department American of Motor Vehicles or something. DMV. Or, yes, that sounds like a terrible disease. Yeah. But as I understand, any interactions of the DMV in the in the US tend to be, yes. About yeah. as unpleasant as space lurgy. Um but yes, I, I'm sure it was in Futurama where the queue got longer as, as somebody was born <laughs> in the queue, and yeah, everybody had to step backwards. One, but yeah, we're, we're trying to get them out as quick as we can. Um, TMV says Commander Aiden. Commander Aiden, yep. There we go. That's and the FTM Cloud Atlas, yeah. So um, yeah, we, we, oh, we yeah. get them out as quick <laughs> as we can. I mean, obviously. Being the kind of complex station that it is, and with with that many population on board, I mean the the repair requirements are likely to be horrific. I'm mm. not sure a station with that size population has ever been attacked by Thargoids before. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Been, there haven't been any quite that big. I mean, and, and over in Seoul, of course, you know, the Federation are looking after um, that one. It, it's uh, Leaking Jiao Station. Yeah. Uh, over in Seoul, and it's that's one of the ones that's orbiting actually planet Earth as well. Oh, so it's not one hell. of the far. You know, it's not. It's not you know around Uranus or. Um, yeah, anything like that. It, it's actually around. Uh, <laughs> I Stop it, Flossie. Had... You need to pan yourself for that one. <laughs> yeah, Flossie, pan Phil. yourself. Actually, yeah, Phil. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so that that one is an Orbis, an Orbis starport. I, I can't see population there as well, but um, I'd imagine that's a fairly large one as well. Yeah, there'd be a lot of Earthlings living on that. <laughs> Little Earthlings. Little Earthlings. Nanu, Nanu, more calling awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the operation's going really, really well, and uh, we really do appreciate everybody taking part as well. And special thanks to Antarius Fusion, who managed to get the, the Hutton Helper special page online within you know, within the hour, once the announcement <laughs> yeah. came out. So uh, thank you very much to Antarius Fusion and the uh, Hutton Helper hamsters. Um, but, yeah, this is phase one of two. Um, it won't be done when we've got everybody out. So we, hopefully, Flossie, you're going to bring us up to date. I mean, yeah. These, these evacuations normally last a week, two weeks. We, we don't know. It's yeah. I, I've had to put a two weeks on the event page because that's the longest I can do. Where it keeps doesn't just keep it to a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. A bit restrictive now. Broke, we've just broken the seventy thousand. Well, Yay, it's just, that's go going at, going at speed. Yeah. Hey. Uh, what, what do we reckon? We'll double that by the morning. I mean, what are the night shift going to get up to? Oh goodness. I don't know, but I wish they'd clean up after themselves. <laughs> I don't think we're going to worry about that one over in Lave Station at the moment. It's enough of a mess as it is. Just get in, get out. Yep. Yeah. Don't worry no, about they, it. It'll if, they leave a sandwich, if they leave a sandwich behind, we can toast it if we're at Lave. That's fine. Do what they can before morning, because once it's, on, once it's daylight, it'll look a complete state. Yeah, well, maybe maybe it'll come back in a different shape. You know, Maybe we'll manage to, with the repairs, do so well that we can upgrade it to a... You know, a, a a newer station. I'll give it some noob hammers. Oh yeah, eight noob hammers. Or an eight noob hammers. <laughs> or we could go for an odd number. We could have one right out the middle of the back as well. Yeah, like a, a noob mixer out the back. One right, uh, <laughs> one right at the letterbox as well, just to be sure. <laughs> just like <laughs> that'll keep the up and down. down. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and obviously I'm sure there's going to be something in Galnet about um, who and why and what they did this. I mean, could it be linked to that prison break the other day? What was that Theta 7 thing that went on? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't that NMLA-related, the Theta 7? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, security around the galaxy is pretty lax. I mean, these are permit systems. Are you a terrorist? No. Okay, on your way then. Boom. Yeah, that went well, didn't it? Not so fast. Which ones of these have got chimneys in them? <laughs> oh, yes, I am not a robot. Oh, no, yeah. Yes. But, um, you know, and of course they have to be high-ranked. I mean, whoever it is has to be an admiral and a king and, a, you know, I mean, the Alliance doesn't have requirements like that. You've just got to be friendly with them, I think. But, yeah. but I'm just thinking, Admiral, king, they, were, they didn't say something like, and you need 18 elites or anything like that, because I think there's only one person who fits yeah. that bill to me. Who could, be, who could be in all 10 places at once? Once, yeah. And, and has and all of the required ranks. Yeah. Yes. Mm. King Hanks. Who is, a, who a is a the king, best rank around here? Yeah. And a king <laughs> and an admiral and a Wiccan and, you know, like, a, I don't know. A, a, snake handler. An ice cream maker and a baker. And, yeah, and a snake handler. And a cooper. Yep. Mm. yep. 
Um, so the only person that fits the bill at the moment is King Hanky. Yeah. So King Hanky, could you please provide an alibi as quickly as you can before somebody arrests at least half of your clones? Either that or he's lost control of a few of the clones and they're off on their own. I have to say thank you to King Hanky for my my next well, my last trip to Colonia. I have been to Colonia and back again <laughs> in the last week, only because I didn't get off his fleet carrier again. You're gonna get charged rent for that. <laughs> I know. I, it's what the fourth time I've been to Colonia and back by forgetting to get off the fleet carrier. Your warranty on those ships is definitely expired now. Oh, we do have a message coming in from Commander Equals Flashpoint Equals Theta Seven claimed responsibility in the most recent Galnet article. Yes, Theta Seven is guilty. Now, is is that clone Theta Seven? We don't. Yes, <laughs> Hanky clone Theta Seven. Yeah, we're just going to look suspiciously at Hanky until he either admits it or gives us a decent alibi. <laughs> Um, other than that, uh, well, look, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us this evening. Thank you to the radio crew, to our producer, Norman, who has been on the Pong machine. No problem. There, Norman. Yes, I'm here. And to Com- Commander Palantir for his usual uh, script wrangling and picturing and, you know, the, ph- the photography is, as always, awesome for the news. I'm out, I'm out there with my camera 24 hours a day. And and finding just the right Pantone colour for that orange for Lave was, you know, spectacular. Yes. Well, yeah. I, to, to, I, it, it, I actually did pinch the orange from another picture of the orange Sidewinder. <laughs> <laughs> so it is legit Lave orange. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, thank you very much to Amelia for risking life and limb by being in the station when it was actually attacked. <laughs> Seamless. If she's rat the... on brandy, she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and to the um, to the wonderful Amelia f- and the, the apology. Sorry, we did Amelia already. And, yeah. and, and to the <laughs> wonderful apology officer, I should say. Oh, thank you very um, much. For having nothing to apologise for this week. Nothing to apologise for again. No. No. Uh, yeah. We are very, very sorry that we've got nothing to apologise for. Yeah. But there's lots of people flying into yeah, Berlin Station with no auto dock and... Uh, you know, heat sinks flying all over the place. So I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Uh, retired Navy IT1 says, we don't like the comment about dealing with night shift. What mess do we leave behind? Night shift are normally the ones who have to clean up. Oh, that's fighting talk, that is. Oh. Uh, 71,000. Yeah. Whose sandwiches, whose who's half-eaten sandwiches is this then, eh? It uh, wouldn't be an Americans, it would be fully eaten. Uh, and who left a load of bologna? Anyway, that, that's... Um, and of course, to, to Flossie for bringing us all the community and CCCC, C-many-CGs news. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um. Once again, and yeah, do, do keep abreast of things in the meantime. Um, as usual, to our uh, to our listener for, for tuning in, and obviously for Litho Breaker for turning up late and missing half of the show. <laughs> yes, we did see you sneak in yeah. there. <laughs> you don't think you can get away with that one, Litho Breaker. Anyway, we will be back in the same same place. What well, may make, well, we're probably still going to be at Lave next week. There's an awful lot to do over there. <laughs> so we're probably still going to yeah. be broadcasting from Lave next week. Don't forget to tune into Lave Radio on Tuesday in the evening and see what they have to say about their station they, being on fire. They might be broadcasting on their emergency channel. Yes, from a beluga somewhere safe yeah. at a safe distance. Um, and, of course, we will be back at 2030 UTC next Thursday with all the latest and hopefully some more news from the uh, the Frameshift Bandits as well about what's coming soon, brackets, trademark. Other than that, um, Amelia, there's only one more thing to say, isn't there? For the mug! For, For the, the mug! mug! Ladies and gentlemen, mug. that's the end of mug. the show. Everybody's mug. 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 M
looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> Forget the Uranus talk. This is the new outro. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas.
You've been dying for something to replace your Uranus. I think you're right, though, Colin. (laughs) What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? I don't know. I'm quite attached to this one, to be honest. Yeah, that that butt clenching really was awesome. We are very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. Nail.